You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Well, hey, hey, everybody, it's Dana Shea, and you're listening to Real Relationship Talk. We are in episode 91 today, and we are continuing in our Communication 101 series. We're almost done with the series, you all, and I hope that this information that we have been sharing over these last several weeks has really helped you in your relationships. Hopefully, it has helped you to become a more effective communicator, um, a more intentional communicator. So today, y'all, I have the absolute pleasure of sharing with you one of my all-time favorite things to talk about. I've been teasing out this episode over the last several weeks, and I know you guys are like, get to it, why don't you? So here we are. Today, we are talking about what I'm not saying, which is all about nonverbal communication. Y'all, I love talking about this so much because as humans, we are wired to communicate. That's why whenever I hear a married couple say we're splitting because we don't communicate, I'm just like, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Everybody communicates. It's just that we don't all have the tools to communicate well. Hence, this whole series on this podcast, Communication 101. So what we're talking about today is the importance of nonverbal communication how it shows up in our lives, and how we can become better communicators using nonverbal cues. And I have a special treat for you all today. You'll hear about this in a promo in the middle of the episode, but I want to give you a gift to help you to continue to grow in your communication with your spouse or with your partner. And so I'm giving you all a pretty good discount on some e-courses and workshops that I have prepared just for you. So stay tuned for the details on how you can get that discount code. Again, that will be shared with you in the middle of the episode. So without any further ado, let's get into our conversation today, What I'm Not Saying, The Key to Nonverbal Communication. All right, my friends. Well, hopefully you understand that nonverbal communication is super important in relationships. As a matter of fact, you all, I don't know if we understand how much this plays into our communication. Most of us, when we think of communication, we think of words. Right now, you're listening to me. You are hearing me speak words. And you are on the receiving end. You are also communicating with me. For some of you, you may have turned this podcast up which is insinuating what? You want to hear more. You want me coming in loud and clear. For some of you, you might be talking to somebody else right now. You might be listening to music. You might be cooking dinner, doing something else. And so you're a bit distracted, which communicates, this is important, but maybe not important enough for me to give this 100% of my attention. My point is, everything that we do communicates. Think about it. Every single thing that you do communicates. As a matter of fact, renowned researcher Albert Morabian said, and he was a researcher back in the 1950s, but Albert Morabian said that only 7% of our communication is verbal. 38% of our communication is the how we communicate. This would be like the tone, the volume, the inflections that we use, um, different sounds that we might use like mm or hmm. 
those sounds, they communicate a lot. And then get this, 55% of all communication is nonverbal. So when we're talking about nonverbal communication, we're talking about things like eye contact, facial expressions, gestures, and the like. And so what I want to do for us today is to paint a picture of being more intentional, more methodical about how we communicate non-verbally. Now, most of us know this. Human touch is critically important to the development of a baby. As a matter of fact, people used to believe that babies could actually die if they were not touched. And science does prove that if a baby is not touched, then they are going to lack very, very important developmental progress because human touch is important. What is the largest organ in the body? Hopefully you guys said the skin. So when you are touched, that communicates to your entire body. As a matter of fact, gentle touch loving touch, what that does is it actually produces oxytocin in the body. Now, oxytocin, as you hopefully know, or maybe you've heard me talk about this on an episode before or another podcast, maybe oxytocin is also called the love hormone. This is what happens when a mother is nursing her baby. Her baby is obviously mouth to breast, right? So there's that touch And hopefully, the mother is staring lovingly in her baby's eyes. The baby is staring back at the mother. There's all kinds of exchanges. Nursing is a very, very intimate experience. I had the pleasure of nursing all four of my kids over the age of one. And it's such, again, it's an intimate experience. It draws a mother and a baby closer like no other. Now, you might be listening to this thinking, well, I don't have kids, or maybe I didn't nurse my baby, or what does this have to do with my marriage or my relationship? Well, it has everything to do with it because if you think about touch as nonverbal communication, you too can help to release oxytocin to your partner or in your partner, which is going to then bring you two closer together. You see, everything that we do on this podcast is all about fostering deeper connection. And nonverbal communication is one of those ways that we can foster deeper connection with one another. So I'm going to break it down a little bit, and I'm going to help you all, especially when you are in conflicting conversations. A lot of what we talk about here on Real Relationship Talk is helping you out of conflict. So maybe you're listening today and you're thinking, well, my relationship's in a great spot. Amazing. I want you to be able to take this information and share it with somebody who maybe their relationship isn't in such a great spot. All right, so let's talk a little bit about eye contact. Back in episode 89, I shared with you seven tips to become a better listener. And in that episode, we talked about eye contact. We talked about the importance of giving your partner your undivided attention. When they're talking to you, if your eyes are flitting from left to right, if you're rolling your eyes, if you're on your phone, if you're reading the paper, I mean, let's give it a break. Nobody reads the paper. But if you're watching TV, if you're on the internet, if you're doing anything other than looking at your partner, what you're communicating is you're not important enough to me to stop what I'm doing and pay attention to you. Whatever I'm doing is a little bit more important or at least as important as you. And that really matters, you guys. It communicates something that I don't think most people want to communicate. 
So let's look at how eye contact can be beneficial and how it can be detrimental, okay? So obviously, with it being beneficial, we just talked about if someone's talking to you, you're giving them eye contact. Now, in American culture, we don't just constantly stare at the person. I mean, think about that right now, right? You're talking to somebody, and they're just staring at you the entire time. They never look away. They never look down. They barely blink. They're staring, right? Most of us would be like, oh, my gosh, that is so creepy, Okay, so what I'm not saying is that you need to stare at your partner the whole time that they're talking. What I am saying is that as they're talking to you, you're giving them your undivided attention through your eyes. That is how eye contact can be beneficial. Now, how can it be detrimental? Well, eye contact can actually be detrimental if, like I said before, you're a little creepo and you just keep staring at the person. A lot of times, like if Sean and I are talking and he's zoned out and I'll stop talking, he'll be like, what? I'm like, you've been staring at me and you have not blinked. You are not listening to me. And so we have to be cautious of how much eye contact we're giving someone. But by and large, eye contact is going to be beneficial in our relationships. All right, let's talk about facial expressions. Okay, this always makes me laugh because my face does all kinds of things. I'm very expressive when I talk. I use my hands. I laugh. You know, I'm a very, very expressive communicator. And there will be times that sometimes when Sean and I are in a disagreement that he'll be like, what is wrong with your face? Fix your face. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with my face. And he's like, you can't see your face. I can see your face, which is so true. My daughter told me before, she said, Mom, do you know that you've never seen your face? I'm like, that's not true. I look in the mirror all the time. And she's like, you've seen a reflection of your face, but you've technically never seen your face. Thanks for that, dear. But she's actually right. And the truth of the matter is, none of us can see our face when we are in a disagreement, when we're in an argument. We might think that our face is neutral, but in actuality, our our eyebrows might be furrowed, our nose might be turned up, we might be rolling our eyes. Whatever the situation is going on with our face, the best person to give us some, quote, coaching on that is the person that we're talking to. And so you have to be mindful of your facial expressions. You guys know what I do sometimes when I know that I'm about to have a conversation that's a little spicy, a conflicting conversation. I will actually go and stand in my mirror and I will practice the conversation and look at my face. I know I'm extra, but this is I'm telling you guys what works. It works. So when someone's speaking to me, I've already practiced what my face is going to look like based on what I think they're going to say. Sometimes we don't know that we look angry. You know, my, my old pastor used to say, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Because a lot of people think that they look happy, but they actually look pissed off. We don't want to look angry. We don't want to look dazed or whatever it is because that communicates something. When someone looks at our face and it's communicating something different than what we're saying out of our mouths, then that causes confusion. As a matter of fact, okay, y'all, bear with me because I'm about to nerd out on you, okay? I'm telling you, I love this stuff so much. And so there was an experiment known as the still face experiment. And what this experiment did or proved, it was actually between a baby and a mother. And this experiment showed how these babies can tell. They have a, a sense of relationship between facial expressions and emotions and words and how sometimes those things don't always add up. 
So if a baby were to look at that mom and let's say the baby's smiling and the mom does not smile back, if that communication is not reciprocated, what the researchers found was that the babies would stop seeking it out. They would stop trying to communicate with the mom, i.e. they would stop smiling. If the baby, you know, wanted to be playful and the mother just stared blankly at the baby, the baby would actually stop wanting to play. So way before we can communicate verbally, we've already been communicating non-verbally. So sometimes just to mess with my dog because I like to irritate him, I will say something and have it not match my face. So I might say something like, oh, you stupid little dog, come here. Oh, you're so stupid. Yes, you are. And my kids are like, mom, you are so mean. But I just like messing with him. I don't think the dog is stupid, okay? Or think about if someone's like, I love you. You are the best thing I've ever had, right? What are we going to focus on? We're going to focus on the nonverbal over the verbal. Same with babies. If a parent looks disinterested, maybe the parent is interested in the baby. Maybe the parent is saying to the child, I love you very much. I'm so happy that I'm your parent. But what are we hearing? We're hearing the tone. We're seeing the facial expression. And that speaks louder than words. We all know the term actions speak louder than words, right? And this is exactly how it shows up in nonverbal communication. So some of you may have just had an epiphany and you might be thinking, oh, that's why my communication is off with my partner. I'm saying something, but they're hearing something else based on my facial expression. So going back to that still face experiment, what the researchers found was something called the dance of reciprocity, which basically means that the baby has to have an opportunity to communicate back the same thing that is being communicated to them. This is what helps children feel safe. This is what helps children feel secure. This is what helps children to feel loved. And newsflash, it is also what helps adults to feel safe to feel secure, to feel loved. And so if I'm communicating something to Sean and his facial expression communicates something negatively back to me, I do not benefit from what's called that dance of reciprocity. I'm going to feel insecure. I'm going to be like, why are you looking at me like that? Simply because he didn't mirror back to me what I was actually putting out to him. Okay. All right. We're done with the geeking out nerd part. Let's get back to just some practical stuff when it comes to nonverbal communication. So we talked about facial expression. We talked about eye contact. Let's talk about gestures. Some people like me are very expressive and other people are not so much. And there's no right or wrong here. I'm not telling you all that you have to become more expressive and you have to use your hands and you have to use your feet and you have to do cheerleading motions when you talk. What I am saying is just be mindful of your nonverbals. Be mindful of what you are putting out, the energy that you are putting out, the communication that you are putting out there through your nonverbal patterns. Hey friend, are you looking for ways to set boundaries in your relationships? Or are you a married couple and you're looking to make love outside the bedroom? Well, today is your lucky day. I have e-courses and workshops on my website just for you. And as a special treat, I'm offering you a 10% discount if you use the coupon code PODCAST10. That's right. All you need to do is head over to my website at danashay.com forward slash shop. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com 
forward slash shop to enjoy your 10% discount of my already low price of $29 for any e-course or workshop on the site. That's right. Just head on over to danashay.com forward slash shop and use coupon code podcast 10. That's podcast one zero to enjoy your special discount on any e-course or workshop. And let me help you build deeper connection in your marriages and in your relationships. Okay, so let's get to the good part. How can we actually foster deeper connections with our nonverbal communication? All right, I'm not going to beat the horse to death, but I've already talked about eye contact. When your partner is talking to you, give them a good amount of eye contact. And don't just stare blankly at them, but also pair eye contact with gestures, such as raising your eyebrows, nodding your head, cocking your head to the side, making a sound like, hmm, hmm. All of those kinds of things communicate, I am focused on you and I'm interested in what you have to say. Simple as that. I'm focused on you. I'm interested in what you have to say. Not I agree with you. Not uh, what you're saying is is the best thing I've ever heard. But simply, I'm focused on you and I want to hear what you have to say. Something else that we can do, we talked a little earlier about touch, and touch is so important. One of my love languages is physical touch. So it's so funny because you guys know the five love languages, okay? If you don't, here they are. It's quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, and gifts. And I pretty much just gave you mine in order of greatest to least importance, okay? I am all about quality time. That's big, big, big for me. I'm also words of affirmation, but tied closely with words of affirmation is physical touch. Now, fellas, let's make something very clear. When I say physical touch, and I'm saying fellas because men are usually more prone to do this than women, most men think physical touch is like, I'm going to slap her on the butt. I'm going to pinch her from behind. Like, not that, okay? Physical touch is a gentle squeeze on the shoulder. It's you rubbing your finger down her cheek. It's a hug from behind. It's a kiss on the forehead. It's holding hands. It's letting your legs touch when you're sitting beside each other. Things like that. When you touch your partner, you are communicating that I want to give you pleasure. I just want to be near you. I want to be so close to you that I'm touching you. I love physical touch. I love to cuddle and not just, again, not just sexually. When my children were little, I would love to just bring them in my lap, squeeze them, kiss all over them, cuddle with them. Like I'm a cuddly, affectionate person. And when you do that, it communicates something to your partner. It communicates, not only do I want to give you pleasure, but I love you. I want to be close to you. And so think of some ways that you can actually touch your partner or your spouse. I want to challenge everyone who's listening to me today to touch your spouse or your partner at least once a day, at least once a day. And I know some of you guys are thinking at least once a day, Dana, oh my gosh, I touch my spouse all day long. Great. I'll raise my hand with you. I do too. But there are so many spouses and partners who don't touch. Like they come in from work. They say, hi, how was your day? Good. They go wash their hands, they start making dinner, they do all the kids stuff, and they never actually touch each other. Maybe they have sex at night, but again, sex is not touch. It it involves touch, but it isn't touch. 
So let's get sex out of the picture for a second. And let's just think about what are some non-sexual ways. And husbands, this is a huge hint for you when you're wanting to know how can I foreplay with my wife? It starts right here. It starts with the non-sexual touch. Then the non-sexual touch can, not always should though, but it can lead to sexual touch, which will lead to a very happy evening for all. Okay, but right now I'm talking about non-sexual touch. What are some things that you can do? I want you to think about that right now. What are some things that you can do to touch your partner, to touch your spouse? Like I said, it could be when you all are watching a movie. Don't one person sit on one side of the couch and the other person sit on the other side. Lay across each other's lap. Hold hands. Let your legs touch each other. Play footsie underneath the covers. Give each other a kiss for no reason. Those are ways that we can actually touch. And again, think about it. Every single time you touch, what you're doing is you're activating that oxytocin. You're activating that love hormone because the skin is very, very reciprocal to touch. So touch. All right. Let's think of some things that we don't always think about when it comes to nonverbal communication. Things like smiling. When's the last time that you actually smiled at your spouse or your partner. Like you just smiled. You just looked at him and just smiled. Sean is always like, oh my gosh, your your smile melts my heart. He says that to me all the time. He loves to see me smile. And there are times when I'm just really pleased with him that I'll just look over and I'll just smile at him. There's something that's so intimate about that. So smile more. Some of us have like, you guys have heard of RBF, right? If you don't know what that is, Google it. I'm not going to say it on this podcast, but RBF should have no place in a marriage, all right? You don't want your face to be resting like that. You want your face to be smiling. You want your spouse to look up from what they're doing and catch you just smiling at them. Nothing else brings you closer than to know deep in your heart that my spouse is pleased with me. And that's what smiling communicates. It communicates, I am pleased with you. So smile. Wink. When's the last time you winked at your spouse? You know, sometimes we think winking is just for flirting. It's just to get a man or to get a woman. But what happens when you already got the man or you already got the woman? Keep winking. Keep flirting. Keep doing those things that brought you together. And then you don't have to worry about being torn apart. You see, the reason that spouses grow apart is because they're not intentionally growing together. What I'm giving you guys today are tools to keep your connection, to stay growing together. So smile, wink, look them up and down. Now, men, you can completely undress your spouse or your partner in this way, right? But what about women? Sometimes women, we don't think about all the tools that we have in our arsenal. If you want your husband that night, look him up and down, and that's all you will have to do. He will get the message. So let's think about some ways that we can communicate our devotion, our affection, our desire for our spouses without saying it. So the purpose of our nonverbal communication is we want to communicate, I am focused on you. I want to give you pleasure I'm concerned about you. You know, when someone's talking to you and you don't have to say a word, but you're, you know, they're upset and you're upset. Your face is mirroring back to them what they're feeling. Again, it's that reciprocity, right? So if someone's upset and they're telling you a story, it will be 
largely inappropriate for you to be laughing and smiling, right? So when your spouse is communicating with you, don't just have a blank face. Don't just look at them like, when is the story going to be over? But have facial expressions that mirror what they're feeling. That's really important. And it shows I'm concerned about you. I care. I am in this with you. I'm shaking my head because I just can't believe what your boss said to you. I'm shaking my head because they just don't know you like I know you. I'm concerned. I got your back. I'm supporting you. I'm here. That's what all of that communicates you all. And you've never said a word. You don't have to say, hey, honey, I support you. I'm here. How about show up with your nonverbals? How about when your spouse walks in with their shoulders slumped down and you know that they've had a rough day, instead of being like, hey, can you help me unload the dishwasher? Walk up to them, give them a big hug, put your head on their shoulder, and just stand there. That communicates the same exact thing as, oh, was it that bad today? So nonverbals. They also communicate, I want to connect with you. I want to connect with you. That's why I'm playing footsies with you underneath the covers. I hear you. When I'm nodding, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'm pleased with you. That's what, again, that smiling does. So these are all the things, you all, that we can communicate non-verbally. I want to challenge you all to take your non-verbal communication up a level. Most of what we learn as far as tools and tricks and advice on communication is all verbal. There's been a plethora of books written about how to become a better communicator. But remember that verbal communication only accounts for 7% of all that we are communicating. So how about we focus on the 55% nonverbal? How about we focus on the 38% tone, inflection, volume, sounds? How about we focus on that? One of the things that Sean used to tell me all the time is, Dana, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I am an excellent communicator. I love to communicate and I'm very intentional about it. What I did not realize, though, back then was that I might be saying something that's gospel. I mean, it is the truth. But because of my tone, he couldn't hear it. He wouldn't hear it. He didn't want to hear it. It was a turnoff. And so, ladies and gents, If we want to foster deeper connection with our spouses and partners, if we want to be heard, if we want to actually take our communication to the next level, improve our relationships, we have got to work on our nonverbal. It's what I'm not saying. It's not what I am saying. It's what I'm not saying. It's what my body is communicating. It's what my eyes are communicating. So there's our challenge this week. The next conversation that you have with your spouse or your partner, I want you to think, What am I communicating with my nonverbal cues? And ask for feedback. You all know this is why we love FaceTime and Zoom, right? It's not that we just want to hear the information. We can do that through text messaging and emails. And we know that sometimes text messages and emails can get us into trouble, right? Because what do we do? We assign a tone. We'll read an email and be like, oh, no, she didn't. And we can't hear that person's tone, but what we do is we fill in the gaps based on what they're saying in the text or in the email. That's why FaceTime is great. That's why Zoom is great. Sometimes on your lunch break, go ahead and text your spouse, but why not FaceTime them just so you can see their face? Smile at them. Ask them how their day was. Blow them a kiss. Those things go such a long distance as far as you and your communication, as far as you and your intimacy. 
We like to see faces. We are created to be social beings. That's why every social media platform exists, because we eat it up. We're social beings. We love to communicate. We love to see one another. We love to see pictures. That's why, again, on social media, pictures and videos and images, those things perform way better than just simple text. So take all of that knowledge into your marriage, into your relationship. Work on your nonverbals this week. Work on being intentional about what your face looks like. Some of y'all need to go stand in front of a mirror and practice. And you'll be like, oh, Lord, I did not know I looked like that when I said that. Right. (laughs) So go ahead and practice. Be intentional. Let's work on our nonverbal communication so that we can build and foster deeper connections in our relationships. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. It has been my absolute pleasure being with you. Make sure that you go to my website, danashay.com forward slash shop and get your 10% discount. Again, use the special discount code podcast 10 to enjoy your 10% discount on all of my workshops and e-courses. Well, you all, it's been real. Have a great week. Work on those nonverbals. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.